Hi, my name is Anne, and this is the Jarlet Podcast. Thanks, Anne, for that great introduction. Anne lives at one of our homes in southern Ontario. Thank you so much for doing that, Anne. We really appreciate it. Welcome to podcast number two. Now, we had some technical difficulties with Julia uh, and her sound in the first recording um, that we've been able to fix, so things should go well today with our second guest, and we will get Julia in again um, to answer some questions and talk to us closer to the end of the year. So you'll hear from Julia again, and this time you'll actually hear her. So today we have our second podcast, and we'll be talking to Jill Knowlton. And Jill is the Director of Long-Term Care for Jarlat Health Services. Thank you, Mary, and good morning. So we'll just get started right in because you've got, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about your background and you have quite an extensive background in long-term care. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that to give families and staff a sense of who you are. Well, this is my 40th year as a registered nurse and largely my experience has been in long-term care. Um, I do have advanced education in nursing and I've really focused um, all of my studies and my work on working with older adults and um, really beginning to look very early in my career um, at what the future looks like uh, as our population ages and what we have available in our society to offer to people. So I did start my career in long-term care. I had a couple of very short periods um, outside of long-term care, but quickly was drawn back to it. So I can proudly say that I started as a charge nurse um, and have worked my way uh, really um, through every uh, position in long-term care. And I think that gives me a lot of experience and sort of practical knowledge around um, how our long-term care homes uh, work sort historically and where we are today and where we really need to be um, looking to in the future. Now, it, it sounds like you uh, had a soft spot in your heart for long-term care right from the very beginning. Why do you think that is? Because it's not typical for nursing staff to go straight into long-term care. What, what was it about it that touched you? I think it was more of a soft spot for older adults. I was really uh, highly influenced by um, older adults in my life, uh, grandparents, very close relationships. I lived in um, an area of the city where um, I, I had a lot of older na neighbors who were elderly and would spend a lot of time on front porches with neighbors and really just enjoyed my time with working with older adults and, and just enjoying the company of older adults. So I think that was probably more where the soft spot was. But I do think that very early, and I'm talking about the early 1980s, I could see where um, we were probably spending more time around housing people uh, than versus really caring for people and focusing our services, our care and services around the needs of people. We were probably more focused on being an institution. And how could I begin to influence that? And I have to say, Mary, that I've been very fortunate throughout my career. If I had an idea, if I had... Um, if I if I had a thought about perhaps something I wanted to explore, I could always I was always able to find like minded people. And I was always able to find uh, people who were willing to work uh, 
with me uh, or support me in something. And um, again, that's where some of these ideas have come from that we've worked on over, over the course of my career. Well, that's a great segue because actually what I was going to say to you next is, of course, your um, uh, experience in the butterfly model has been a huge win for Jarlette because when you've come come from your past to Jarlette, um, you started the butterfly model. Now, I know that you are well known in the province um, for supporting models of person-centered care and, um, you know, you work uh, in influencing the sector. Um, so what are you hoping for with bringing Jarlette, uh, the butterfly model to Jarlette? What's your hope? My hope, Mary, is that we just work with each other. We care for each other. We live with each other as human beings, not looking at people as tasks, task lists, as um, a job to do, as somebody that I need to get done today or I need to get through my day um, or as a number you know, room 201 needs a bath today, but it's yeah. actually Mrs. Jones who will have a bath today. And let's work with Mrs. Jones around what's convenient for her today and what works best with her. That um, is really what my goal is, is just, we talk about personhood, we talk about person-centered care, resident-centered care, but it's really just that re engaging with each other at that relational, le relational level where we're humans, we're all humans. And I care as much about staff as well um, as, as those who we are caring for as our residents, because um, I, I believe we've really taken the essence of of, of care away from staff through this very regimented prescriptive approach and institutional approach to care. We lose many staff very early on um, in their careers in long-term care. They go off not even to other healthcare, but to other, um, other industry, other types of work because they're not able to care. They're, they're, they're really forced into this institutional approach that focus on lists and tasks and numbers. And we're forgetting that these are people. Healthcare workers come into healthcare because they have the heart and the mind to do so. We take that away from them and they lose satisfaction in what in, in what they're doing. So some of society's most important work, caring for people who are vulnerable, older adults, people who need our services of long-term care, we lose the benefit of some phenomenal people who will make a tremendous impact on uh, the lives of others. So I, I care about staff, I care about residents, and I also care about their loved ones, families. Sometimes today we call them essential caregivers. We really are the triad. And I, and I never consider anything without how what the impact is on the triad residents, their families or loved ones or essential caregivers and staff. None of us have opposing goals or opposing interests. We come from different perspectives and different approaches, but we all share the same goal. And that's for residents to live well, for staff to work well, and for families to do well. I'm very excited to see what's going to happen in some of our homes. I'm, we've got some of this started already at Avalon and we're going to move it on to some others. But already at Avalon, just within uh, the six months they've been in there, we've seen tremendous change. So um, very, very hopeful. The other thing, Jill, I think you've been a pioneer with, and I don't believe anyone has done this yet, is um, building a butterfly home from the ground up. 
um, that Jarlette's got some new builds and that's your plan. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, Mary. It's really exciting for me. Every uh, butterfly home that I've had the opportunity or culture shift that I, or change that I've had the opportunity to work on to butterfly model um, has been an existing home. So with the uh, new builds that are happening uh, within the Jarlet organization, we've got a tremendous opportunity to open homes as butterfly homes, which means that all the physical and environmental aspects of a butterfly home are in place. And that's probably the least important of all of this, but that staff are trained as they're being prepared to either uh, move from an older home if it's moving into a newer home or a brand new facility um, and new staff that we're bringing on um, really um, being um, uh educated and trained to work in the butterfly way, using the butterfly approach. And that's very different in a long-term care home where we flatten the hierarchy. Um, you know, we we all have important work to do, but no one is more important than anyone, anyone else. We just have different roles uh, where we uh, approach uh, the day very differently. We approach uh, how we structure, the structure and organization of our work is very different in the butterfly approach. It gives us that opportunity to do that in a brand new home. And I have to say, it's very exciting for me as I'm embarking on my first one, which is Temiskaming Lodge um, in Temiskaming. And um, I'm learning too. I'm learning too, working with you um, and other team members, but learning too, because this is a first for us, is opening a home as a butterfly home. But that is our intention with every new um, home that we um, build, it will be opened as a butterfly, as a butterfly home. And Jill, you sit at a number of provincial tables where they talk about different issues like staffing and, um, you know, how to update uh, older builds, uh, things like that. What do you think the butterfly model or will solve or our models of emotion-based care will solve for the sector. I think that's one of the things people don't realize that this isn't additional work, but it will actually solve a few problems we have. What do you think about that? Well, I think one of the most important areas is around the health human resource crisis, where we know we have critical shortages really of all levels of staff in long-term care, and I would say healthcare in general. We know from our work with Butterfly that uh, staff satisfaction largely increases. And the way we measure that is through um, absenteeism, staff injury, staff turnover. Those are some of the indicators that we use around staff satisfaction. As the satisfaction levels increase, all of those factors decrease. And so you, you create more of a stable workforce and decrease that turnover and um, or, or, or not being able to get staff. People want to work in a butterfly home. So I think that's first and foremost, because that's we, we are at crisis level uh, right now around health human resources. I think secondly, is really changing um, our priority to quality of living for our residents, for their families and loved ones, and understanding that we provide care. And that's a very important piece of what we do, but it's a it's an important distinction here. We used to lead with quality of care, but we you also live here. Now, the important point is, is that this is about where you live and your quality of living, but we also provide all the care that you need. So it's shifting that priority a little bit and leading with the quality uh, quality of living and your quality of life. 
people often ask me, you know, what kind of things do you do in a butterfly home? It's the day is what drives what we do in the butterfly home. What are all those normal things that should not be taken away from us because our home has moved to become a long-term care home? We, we, prepare meals, we cut up vegetables, we do the laundry. If you want to put your coat on and go outside, even in the winter, we're Canadians, we put boots on and coats and hats and go outside. All of those things are important. We do our gardens, we whatever important work we've done in our life, we continue doing that. And it's not such a structured approach where, you know, today at 10 o'clock, we're going down to the auditorium because we're all going to do sing along or something like that the program and we're very busy throughout the day and we have great satisfaction at the end of the day there are some very important things that happen as we trans transition over one of those is reducing the use of certain harmful medications um, labeled antipsychotic medications psychoactive uh, medications and we work very hard to reduce the use of those medications i call it lifting the drug fog so -hmm. that people can engage in their lives and again the important work that we do every day in our lives those are the fundamental differences and the shifts um, as we move into the butterfly approach and i do think resident satisfaction i think our family our essential caregiver um, satisfaction and their confidence in what we do uh, will increase and we do know with staff that it stabilizes um, staffing because staff are happy to come to work because they're doing they're working with their hearts and minds and they're they're happy to come to work Um, and and it's a very butterfly home areas are very happy places sometimes people marry think it's it's just going to be chaos um, but it's not. It's very quiet. Um, it's people are engaged. And um, when I say people, that's not just residents. That's the staff as well. We're a family together. And um, we we like to move away from the term staff. We really are a family together. And um, again, that's that triad I spoke about. Residents, their loved ones, and our staff. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you go into a butterfly home, you can feel it. You feel the difference. It's something that's very difficult to describe to people, Mary. And I'm often asked again, you know, well, what goes on down there? Like, what's that butterfly home like? Um, but it's it, it really has to be experienced to be understood. And I think one very clear point that I would like to make is that you don't do butterfly. Butterfly is about um, emotion-based, emotion-focused care culture so you have to change the culture so we are butterfly we're not doing it we are butterfly we're in everything that we do we're engaged in the butterfly approach and that's across the triad that's residents families and staff and you know that moment when people get that right there is a moment where the you see the light bulb go on and people say oh okay now i get it it takes a little bit to get there but in the end it's worth it it really is. And I had a, I have a lovely friend who helped me put some words around what that butterfly experience is. And she said to me, Jill, what you're describing is the spirit and you have to experience that. And I thanked her very much for that because I struggle to get to, to be able to describe that feeling of a butterfly area. But really what we're trying to describe or what we are describing is the spirit, is our spirit. Um, as we engage together in a, a, as a family in the work that we do and in the living that we do every day. That's be a beautiful way to put it. Now, what I'm going to ask my last question, Jill, is 
when you um, put, we put ourselves five years from now, where would you like to see long-term care five years from now? What's your hope? My hope for long-term care is that we really are, everything we do is focused on that person and what's important to that person. And that that person has the priority voice in what um, happens to them and what their life is like, that we stop directing that and that really we move into that person-centered approach and that we can say that consistently. And I think the other thing for five years, Mary, is that what we've learned is that changing culture is very difficult and the pull to the institutional, very toxic task-based approach of um, historically that we've seen in long-term care and, and, and generally in, in healthcare um, has a very strong pullback. It's a very, very strong pullback. So what I do hope is that all this good work that is starting and the, the innovation that you're seeing and people so invested in, in the necessary change, um, that that is sustainable and that that continues and that it continues to evolve and that we're scaling, we're moving out so that every single long-term care home in Ontario, every single resident, every family member, every staff member can say we're practicing in a person-centered approach. We're living in a person-centered approach. Um, that's, that's really my hope is that this is sustainable and that we continue to focus our work and our attention on um, ensuring that um, the person comes first in what we do. Thanks, Jill, for that and for spending your time with us today. Um, and I'm going to give you the last word. Is there anything you'd just like to pass along to your staff or uh, the residents and families? Mary, I would like to say that above and beyond everything else, this is worth it. It is difficult to change culture. We have a bumpy road at times. We we have, we, we will fail, um, but we will get back up and we will continue moving forward and we will work together to ensure that we are changing that culture and that we're moving into this relational approach, emotion focused approach to, to, to what we do. You just, I would say just, just hang in there. If you're feeling like you're going to give up and it's just too hard, it's worth it. We get over every hurdle together. And again, it takes every one of us and every Every, our, all of our hearts and minds to be able to to do this. But bottom line, last word for me is it's worth it. Thanks, Jill. Join us next time as we speak with Moira Welsh, journalist and investigative reporter with the Toronto Star. Moira was the first journalist in Canada to write about the butterfly model in her series called The Fix that followed the implementation of the butterfly model at the Region of Peel in 2018. Moira has been an incredible advocate of models of emotion-based care and continues to advocate for seniors, particularly those living with dementia. I'm very excited to speak to Moira and hear what she's busy doing these days. So thanks for joining us today, and I look forward to connecting with you next time. And remember, feelings matter most. <laughs>